Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. My guests for this morning are Reverend Patricia Caganello and Kathleen O'Keefe Canavas. Reverend Patricia is the CEO and founder of Sacred Stories Media, a conscious online media network. Sacred Stories Media includes Sacred Stories Publishing, an award-winning traditional book publishing and marketing company, Garnett Press, a self-publishing book division, and Sacred You, an online course division. As an ordained interfaith, interspiritual minister, Reverend Patricia believes every story is a sacred story. Kathleen is an expert in psychopathology and special education. She is also known as the Queen of Dreams in her syndicated columns and PR guru, video podcaster, radio show host, Dreaming Healing. Kat is a three-time breast cancer survivor whose dream diagnosed her illness missed by the medical community. She is a multi-award-winning author and dream expert who has been on Dr. Oz, Doctors, NBC, and CBS. Kat and Duke University radiologist Dr. Larry Burke co-wrote the 2018 Nautilus Award winner, Dreams That Can Save Your Life. She is an international author, lecturer, and keynote speaker who promotes patient advocacy and connecting with divine guidance through dreams for success in health, wealth, and relationships. Reverend Patricia, Kat, and I will be having a conversation about their remarkable life's journey and their insights on the spirituality and psychology of change, explaining why it is not only necessary, but good for us. From their newly released bestseller, Chaos to Clarity. Good morning, ladies. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Johnny. This is Kat. Good morning. This is Patricia, and, and I'm doing really well. Thanks for having us. Wonderful. It is a pleasure to have both of you on the air with me. I am excited about the beautiful book, Chaos to Clarity. It's a wonderful read. It's done beautifully with so many internationally recognized contributors. This is a very powerful book to end 2019 to kind of jumpstart your year 2020, the new decade. I completely agree. I think that it's um, it's interesting, and it's been part of the process with the book as well, you know, kind of moving mm-hmm. through events, you know, chaos, but moving really into a lighter, brighter, more aware place. And I feel like that that's exactly what's happening, you know, at the end of 2019, and as people are feeling very hopeful and very, I think, um, looking forward to 2020, and, and that really is the journey through our book. What's interesting about it is that I think the book does have its natural energy vibes that goes with it as well. (laughs) I think that's important because as we flipped over to the new decade, I vision it as like being on a surfboard, (laughs) catching the wave, so to speak. (laughs) That's good. I I love that, uh, you know, that mental picture. Um, Yes, you know, so few people are able to uh, go through life without experiencing some kind of physical or emotional pain. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe it's losing a loved one. I'm seeing that happen 
you know, so much right now, but it's actually how we deal with that pain that makes the difference. And, you know, when we hear that someone else has gone through a tragedy that maybe we experienced and Mm -hmm. it ended up making them stronger or even happier, we want to know what inspired them to get to that place. And um, that's the magic of Chaos to Clarity. Fantastic. So let us get to know you two a little bit better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. Ladies, just decide who would like to go first. (laughs) No, I'll let you go first, Patricia. Okay, great. Well, thanks for that, Johnny. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think that... even in the intro, you said that I believe every story is a sacred story, and, and I do. I do, and, and I believe it's because I, even though we all have very differing experiences, I think the emotions we ultimately feeling as we move through things are very similar. So my story, the people that can relate to me, you know, I grew up in uh, northeastern United States. I was, uh, you know, raised a uh, uh, Italian Roman Catholic girl and, and, uh, you know, suburban lifestyle and pretty what I would consider mainstream, at least for, you know, the culture of the Northeast of the United States. And my journey's taken me actually into the military. I spent six years as a sergeant in the Marine Corps. Um, I've spent over a decade in the corporate world. I've, I've been a teacher. And it seems like every decade, it seems like I've reinvented myself, actually, um, without planning. And then at 50, you know, as I was turning 50, is when I really had my my big significant life event actually write about, I share some of my stories in Chaos to Clarity as well, where I went through a, um, you know, kind of an unexpected divorce, sunk into depression, went through menopause, left my career because to kind of find my spiritual heart because I was really moved into a very dark and unexpected place. And I, I needed to seek some deeper answers. I was really struggling at that point. And that was really the beginning of of my spiritual transformation that was kind of my golden nugget of change and um and since then i'm an ordained interfaith interspiritual minister we have uh sacred stories has been born we have a book publishing company and uh online course division as you said and and today i can say that i'm just absolutely thrilled because my life story really is um, brought us to the point of chaos to clarity and, and not only sharing my sacred stories of uh, of my life and change, but but actually over 30 people from around the world, their stories as well. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of a cool, fun journey, this, this little thing we call life, you know? Beautiful. Very beautiful. Kat, how about you? Well, I was born and raised in Europe. My dad was a Green Beret, so they they kept us uh, really outside of, of hot spots, as it were. I was in Berlin, mm-hmm. Germany in first grade when the wall went up. Um, and uh, I came back to the States for the first time to go to college. It was the first time I'd ever been in my own country. So I was a stranger in my own country, but I, I really loved this country. I was born with a real respect for America, and I saw that same respect in, in the European uh, community, in the European world. They um, they really did respect and love Americans. So then um, I 
uh, got married. I, I actually married my husband in, in Boston, Massachusetts, and I learned early from the time I was a military brat, went to five different first grades. <laughs> I have the report <laughs> cards to show it. That you have two ways of, of adjusting in life. You can either fight your way into friendships or friendship groups, <laughs> or you can make so many friends that no matter where you go, you always have an in and you've always got a friend. And I always opted for option number two. So it didn't take me long to adjust to the United States and make great friends, joined a sorority, and uh, I was off and running. And then I, uh, in 1999, was the first time um, a mammogram missed my breast cancer. And that happened two more times. Uh, so I ended up going through breast cancer three times. It was missed by the medical community, but my dreams told me I had it. And that's when, and then the pathology reports confirmed the dreams. And that's when I met up with Dr. Larry Burke and wrote the book, Dreams That Can Save Your Life. And one of my stories um, from the book is in Chaos to Clarity because I actually lived that chaos. Mm -hmm. and uh, found my clarity uh, through the healing of not only my body but my spirit as well and embracing the fact that, um, you know, the medical community is not perfect. Uh, the, the machines that they use do make mistakes, but when we're connected to our inner guidance and our spirit guides, and I believe we're born with guardian angels with their job, and they take that job seriously. When we connect with them through our sacred dream doors, we can accomplish anything. And so um, Patricia Caginello and I were introduced by a mutual friend. And mm -hmm. since I had already uh, written two books, and they were both uh, bestsellers and award winners, we decided to try one together, and Chaos to Clarity was born, and here we are on your show today. <laughs> beautiful. That's beautiful. Ladies, based on what you two shared, as well as people in the book, as we go through life, it is a journey. Most of the time, we're not aware of what's going on, and then we have this sort of epiphany that self-awareness mm -hmm. comes in, and then we go through the next step, self-understanding, and then, of course, self-acceptance of the situation. And then basically from those three levels of understanding, we get to self-potential. When you look back in your life, Reverend Patricia, was that journey sort of gradual or very dramatic? You know, I think it was gradual up to 50, and then it became very dramatic <laughs> very quickly. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, I think that it happens differently for people, but, but my experience I think is very similar to a lot of people in that, you know, I was doing life, right? I mean, I mm -hmm. was, you know, I think I was relatively happy. I was, you know, raising my kids. I was, you know, I was doing everything I thought I was supposed to do and things were fine. But I, but I really don't believe that I was aligned with who I really am and, and, and my real potential, like you say, self-potential of, of why I'm here. And, mm -hmm. and what I'm to do. And so at, at 50, you know, that was the, you know, the, the proverbial um, shake from the universe that kind mm -hmm. of turned me upside down and all around. And, and that's really what put me on my path that I'm on now. So, so I would say up to that point, I was, I was 
doing life and having experiences that were giving me tools and and perspectives and understandings that that I could draw on when the big when the big shake came at 50. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Everything makes sense at 50 mm-hmm. so to speak. Okay. Well, at least I could say like, you know, I could <laughs> see connections. I don't know if any, everything always makes sense, but sometimes you just got to go with it, right? <laughs> right. Right. How about your cat? I think my life has always been extreme highs, extreme lows, just because of the type of life that I led. So I learned early to roll with the punches and Mm -hmm. um, live life to the fullest. And and I and I always I always did. So each time I was faced with uh, extreme chaos, I managed to pull on all the other lessons that I learned in life to find my clarity. So even when I was faced with huge recurrence, it was like, okay, (laughs) we're just skiing down another slope and and we're lost. Uh, We're by ourselves. We just faced a whole bunch of moguls and uh, there could be an avalanche at any minute because we just passed the little flags that said there could be, um, you know, take it easy, take it quiet, take it slow and get to the bottom. <laughs> so that, you know, that's always kind of been my life where I'm down at, uh, you know, 60 feet and my tank just ran out of air. <laughs> so I, I just learned to, to, you know, live life to its fullest. And when the chaos comes and it will come, it does come because it's a, all part of being human. You deal mm-hmm. with it. You, you, you know, depend on your buddy to to help you out and uh you keep going you laugh it off and you just keep going one step in front of the other when did faith stepped into your life faith faith has always been a part of my life uh mm-hmm. since uh i was a little little child i can remember um i had a i had an imaginary friend that was actually in the crib with me his name was gigi and I talk about him in my first book, um, Surviving Cancerland. I always depended on Gigi because I was an only child. So, and I was a military brat. I was moving all the time, mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, I would get to my new home before my household goods did. So I had no clothing, no toys, nothing but Gigi and my mom, because we never knew where my dad was. <laughs> he would mm-hmm. just disappear overnight. We wouldn't see him sometimes for six months. Um, we would go through holidays even without him. So, you know, I I had a strong faith in a higher power before I even knew to call him God. And um, God always sent me my guardian angels, and I just depended on them. That's beautiful. So you basically sort of like walk through life knowing that you have this sort of peaceful confidence in a way. It's a quiet confidence knowing that, hey, I have someone that I can connect with and walk by your side. Mm-hmm. I did. I always did, even when I was very little. Um, I just, I, I would be afraid. I'd be very frightened. But then I would mm-hmm. call on Gigi, my imaginary little friend, before I even started kindergarten. And um, he told me that leprechauns were real. <laughs> they were <laughs> angels, and that's why they flew. And so all I had to do was call on all the all these creatures in this other realm, and they were my friends. And I believed that because I always made so many friends. Um, and so I was never really frightened for long. Very interesting. Well, very, very interesting. Well, I still believe that leprechauns are real. Um, I, I think that <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being completely serious. I'm 1,000% honest right now, mm-hmm. and, and uh, many different beings that, you know, are just maybe mm-hmm. not 
of <laughs> we're able to see with our physical eyes. So, um, and I think you know, Gigi is obviously you know still real, probably just you know taking a long nap or something right now. But for me, I mean, I was raised Roman Catholic, and so I you know I always had a very deep faith in and that I was supported and protected and. Mm-hmm. And in a higher power, I, I, the angels were always very prominent, uh, kind of in my upbringing. I always related with them. My mom is, you know, very loves the angels very much too. And um, but what was interesting, so yeah, so my whole life was that way. Um, mm-hmm. But at fifty, when I had, you know, this unexpected, you know, pain and trauma, and really sunk me into a really dark place. I, you know, I. I reached out for other answers. I did reach out to my angels, but I reached out in a in a wider kind of net because I mm-hmm. I found that my traditional understanding of my faith really just wasn't enough at that point. You know, it it just wasn't yeah. that I had to be able to find my own ability to uh love myself and and understand who I was and why all this was happening because I it was very unexpected. Um and a in a it was it's really what started me and in, into that deeper for me a deeper spiritual path of understanding not only um being kind of a child of the universe but but my own divinity and and everyone's own divinity and and that's why honestly you know it sounds like a joke when i say i believe leprechauns are real but but i honestly do because there is um there is a you know um uh a consciousness that runs through mm-hmm. all things, and and I think that it would be uh, arrogant um, for me to be to say that only what I see with my eyes, you know, is is mm-hmm. the truth. You know, it is so much more magnificent than that. And um, so, yeah. Very very interesting. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, and Google Play. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guests for this morning are Reverend Patricia Caganello and Kathleen O'Keefe Canova. Reverend Patricia is the CEO and founder of Sacred Stories Media, a conscious online media network. Kat is a multi-award winning author and dream expert. We're having a conversation about your remarkable life's journey and your insights on the spirituality and the psychology of change, explaining why it is not only necessary, but good for us, from their newly released bestseller, Chaos to Clarity. Ladies, how did Chaos to Clarity become a book? I know you mentioned a little bit about it earlier, but how did that all fall together with the various contributors? That's a good one, Patricia. I mean, there were so many things there. Um, Patricia and I were, I think, I, I, you know, I don't remember the exact nexus for it. So, you know, Patricia, feel free to um, adjust. But I think we were just talking one day on, you know, we, 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 we found that we, we had so much in common, even though our lives were so very different. Mm-hmm. Um, we had very similar work ethics. Um, and so we, we decided we wanted to do a, a book together. What could we do together? And I said, you know, there are so many budding authors out there. They want to become published. Um, their their bios don't have enough uh, references to them to attract a publisher. They they don't really quite know how to go about uh, getting a book published. 
They uh, are great writers, but they don't know how to work the business. They don't quite know the rules of the game because there's no book that really gives you the rules of the game. You've got to figure it out as you go along. Sort of like when you get a new computer. There are no directions that come with it. <laughs> you have to figure out where the buttons are and how they work. And that's mm-hmm. a little bit of the publishing industry, especially with the changes that it's been going through. So I said, you know, why don't we see if we can do a book with authors who need a helping hand up, something that, you know, I I got a little bit of that, but not nearly as much as I really needed. That's why I felt like it took me so long to get where I needed to be, to be published in in the conventional world and um, be able to get out there and know how to promote my work. So we decided that that is exactly what we were going to do. We were going to contact um, – like Dennis Patoko of Biz Catalyst 360 Magazine, who mm-hmm. had all of these authors writing for him um, that wanted to become published authors that never really had the opportunity, didn't know how about about how to to do that. And we offered them um, a role in the book, and we offered him a role in the book, and, and he, they jumped at it. And then we contacted Bernie Siegel, Dr. Bernie Siegel, because he had written the foreword, um, to my previous book and asked him if he would like to do that again. And he jumped right in with both feet, and he's just such a love. Uh, we, we love working with him, and we hope to work with him in the future, and I'm sure we will. I, I think that's a, that's a given. But what we did was we just went out with the intention to be of service to authors around the world, and boom, there's the book. Yeah, I think it, it... – Kat, um, her background is in marketing, and mm-hmm. my background is in publishing. I mean, I am a publisher. And so one of the things that I had brought to the conversation was, you know, we have that every person has a sacred story, right? I mean, that really is true. But not every sacred story maybe is um, a full book or needs mm-hmm. to be a full book or they want it to be a full book as well. Um, and part of what we experience in Sacred Stories Publishing is we also have many people send us you know, manuscripts, you know, all the time. And, um, you know, and not all of them are ready to be published for a variety of, for a variety of reasons. And so for me, what this opportunity allowed was the, was the ability to allow many people to share their story in a way that, um, that honored them and valued them and also was able to, um, uh, publish a book out of them because not every story we accepted and so they really had to be accepted so these people are now published authors their stories were vetted and accepted it wasn't just send us your story and Mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and you'll be in the book. And so for me, my reason for doing it was to have a vehicle to be able to um, share and help others share their their stories. And and some of the people, I mean, I, you know, there's some of them came in because of what Kat had said, because, you know, they wanted to kind of build their brand or, you know, get their word out or start, you know, um, become a published author in another way. But some of the people in the book, you know, Johnny, they just wanted to tell their story. You know, we have right. people who didn't want to have any interviews, wasn't interested in any of the marketing stuff. They just wanted their story to be heard um, mm-hmm. and shared and um, for themselves, for their family, to help inspire others. And, and, and I wanted to be able to honor that as well you know, create something where people could share their stories. And we do. We have people over uh, 30 people from around the world. There's um, 
author from Japan, South Africa, Finland, uh, Portugal, Canada, the United Kingdom, the United States. I mean, you know, just off the top of my head, you know, those are some of the mm-hmm. places the mm-hmm. authors are from. And and to me, that's really something really powerful and really special because um, it really became, and, we, you know, we call it the, the global voice. It's the global voice, but the heart of it is really a shared humanity that really um, has emerged. And, and I think that's the powerful energy of, of chaos to clarity. Beautiful. In understanding the book, what I gather, the most important thing is life is lived in the moment. These are real life, real situation. What you have are experiential authors who wrote about themselves. That's a very powerful story that lays the foundation for others to see and help them to move forward in their life, or at least if nothing else, take a pause and try to understand the situation. So my next question is, what would you like for the readers to gain from reading Chaos to Clarity? Well, this is Patricia. And what I would like people to gain is is for them to really know that that regardless of what they're going through and, and how they may be feeling, that they really are not alone. You know, that was the turning point in my journey was I really was able to kind of start turning it around when I realized that I was – you know, other people could understand how I felt, and and I wasn't happy that other people could understand what I felt because that meant they felt it too. You know, that emotion, mm-hmm. the pain I was feeling, but it allowed me to to realize that that not only was I not alone, but that if other people were experiencing emotional pain or trauma, or um, and they were able to get through it, that that then I could get through it too. And that was really the point that I kind of started reaching out. You know, I mean, there's a lot of really powerful things in, in the idea of support groups and, and people coming together to, to share. You know, there's a power in that. And and um, so what I hope that this book does is it's it's kind of like that, that larger group, that larger hand, that larger sharing that people can connect to and kind of find their way out as well. Wonderful. Kat, how about your take in terms of the various topics covered in this book? I mean, it's beautifully done. The organization of those stories in terms of helping us walk through our life's journey and knowing that you are not alone. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the, the power, I think, of the book is that there is a power and uh, in those stories and the mm-hmm. shared experiences. And so... You know, as human beings, we we really do fear change because when something is changing, we feel out of control. And as human beings, we like to feel in control all the time. So a lot of times, and this is a thread that runs throughout the book, the authors had to let go and let God, which is a very scary step. But Mm -hmm. that's one of the uh, messages that resonates throughout the book. And so... Also, the important events in our lives are change events. They get us to change in order to keep up with the times in our changing environment, community, lives, earth. Nothing stays the same. So the more significant the event um, or the emotions that that the the event generates, the more attention we pay to it, and, and, and there's a greater opportunity we have for transformation into a new part of ourselves, not a new self. Even when a butterfly changes from a caterpillar to a butterfly, it was always a caterpillar 
that had the potential to be a butterfly if it existed long enough to make that transformational change. And so that's kind of uh, what was resonating and the power that is resonating throughout that book. And many of the people who read the book said that even while they were holding the book, they could feel the power in those stories. So we were, we were very thrilled with that. We, we didn't expect the book. We knew the book was going to be good. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about it. The stories were awesome, but we never expected it to be this good. <laughs> we were really <laughs> pleasantly surprised. Well, wait, let, let's just clarify that. I I think that, mm-hmm. I think, yes, I think the, I think, <laughs> is how you said that sounded so funny, Kat. Um, I think <laughs> what Kat means is that, yes, the book has just taken on an energy of its own. It's like, mm-hmm. It's like as the stories were being collected and, and as it was really coming together, you know, they say the sum of the parts is greater, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. That's really what has happened is there's this collective energy that has just seems to be infused in the book. And so, um, yeah, people are emailing us or, or, or posting about, you know, how they were just felt it. When they feel it, mm-hmm. when they hold it, and I say, "Well, you're feeling the hearts of hearts of humanity." I mean, that's what mm-hmm. you're feeling, and that's uh, you know. I think where you where you're going with that cat, I just wanted to just kind of explain <laughs> that a little bit more because um, um, it is a, it is a phenomenal book, but it has absolutely taken on a life and an energy of its own. It's like the butterfly effect is actually physical mm-hmm. with that book. You pick up the book, you hold it, you feel the energy from all the other people around the world who wrote it, and that's all part of the butterfly effect of life. So true. Well, what I like about it, you covered five areas that are easily to understand, and we all go through this process. Love and relationship is part one. Part two, you have health and well-being. Part three, you have grief and loss. Every one of us goes through that. Part four, life's journey and identity. And finally, part five, words of wisdom, things that sometimes we take for granted. Well, you know, and that wasn't even intentional, Johnny. I mean, what happened is we just kind of put the call out. No, it's true. We just put the call out asking for um, um, significant change events. We didn't say, you know, they had to be a certain way or we were looking for Mm -hmm. these categories or anything like that. We just said, you know, send us your hero or heroine's journey. Tell us to change the journey and the positive outcome or perspective. Um, And... Um, they all fell in to these categories, and and actually, what's so fascinating is they they're almost every category is kind of evenly, evenly uh, amount and even amount. It's mm-hmm. like wow, there's mm-hmm. eight or ten <laughs> stories in each one, and it's just how they just kind of came in. And it was like oh, well, here's another one for love and relationships. Here's a you know, so the categories mm-hmm. were created out of the stories we received. Right, we didn't create the categories and then plug the stories in. They, we, we just, basically, we just let the book, we, we mm-hmm. had a pattern for the book. We had an idea of what that book wanted to look like, but then we allowed the book to take on its own life and mm-hmm. generate its own breath, and then we just worked with that. I thought that, that that's one of the beauty, the beautiful things of the book. It's real. It's authentic. Basically, the book, it sort of altered itself. From then mm-hmm. on. It, it went from the caterpillar to the butterfly all by itself. <laughs> well, and the fifth, the fifth 
section is, is yeah. we titled If I Knew Then What I Know Know Now. And yeah. the reason we did that is because even with the stories, you know, we said we don't want you to teach people, we don't want you any preaching, just share your stories mm-hmm. because people will receive from the stories what what they're ready to receive, what they want to receive. You know, this isn't a teaching book. Um, this is a sharing book. And but there's so much wisdom, you know, even when you say, mm-hmm. ask us to share kind of our life story and where we've been. And so there's important takeaways that we feel that that have real value, too. So we created a fifth section, and we said we just asked them, give us a short, you know, 100 word or less, again, you know, the, 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 the biggie. Um, and if you knew then what you know now, what would you say? And and so that section is very popular. There's some really powerful takeaways, some fun ones, um, some real profound ones. And um, so we cre- we did create that fifth section um, afterwards, we went back to the authors and say, oh, by the way, can you also send us this? Because we mm-hmm. felt the need or we wanted to have them at least have an opportunity to just give a quick, you know, quick words of wisdom for people who wanted to receive them in that way. Well, wonderful, ladies. Let's talk about a couple of stories in that section. Both of you have contributed to that section. The first one is Mr. Sandman bringing me more dreams for life. And you are up next, Reverend Patricia, with your Dancing Queen. So I'm curious to get a first-hand info. Mm-hmm. You know, in if I knew then what I know now, I realized how important our dreams were. Not only do they give us information to make it through a crisis or a chaos mm-hmm. in our life, but but one of the ways they do that is they open up the sacred doorways to the divine. And so in my dreams, um, you know, after my mother had passed over, whenever I was in really uh, dire <laughs> straits, <laughs> she would come to me in my dreams, much like Paul McCartney's song, you know, Mother Mary came, came mm-hmm. to me. He wrote a song about how his mother would come to him um, with words of wisdom let it be, let it be, just, you know, let it mm-hmm. cook. Uh, it's all part of life. And so I realized how important our dreams are, and so I never, ever want those to stop because um, they can be your GPS through a very dark storm. Very, very interesting. Mine I, I labeled Dancing Queen, and I said basically that I would have allowed myself um, the freedom to dance, the freedom to express myself, you know, much, much more throughout my life. I'd have the confidence to do that. And that really ties in um, with my stories. You know, one of my stories that I mm-hmm. share in the life journey and identity part is, to go back to my angels, is when I was really in a really um, um, kind of dark place and I really didn't feel that I had much value or self-worth or self-love, my, you know, messages from the angels was they wanted me to dance, to find the confidence to dance. And that was something that was really powerful for me because that was something I never had my whole life. And I explain why in the in the um, story. And and I go to a dance workshop, and, and the story is all around that. And, and um, it's, it's kind of, you know, funny, kind of powerful, but it's my, it's my story. And it brought me, really brought me to the point through dance of understanding that we all have um, value. We're all worthy, not because of who we are or or, uh, what we are or what we do, but just simply because we are, right? So there's an, an innate inherent value that we all have, that all, all 
living beings have seen and unseen to shout out to the leprechauns again. So, um, and so my words of wisdom was <laughs> if I knew then I would have, you know, to just kind of the, the, um, let everyone know that, yes, you know, express yourself, dance, do what you love, you know, have that, that confidence because you are a, you really are a sacred being and, and you really matter. Um, and if 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 any if that if that's all anybody takes from reading any of what I wrote in the book, I'll consider it a phenomenal success for me. What I gather from those two stories are very powerful in the sense that for me, when my mom passed, I was there in Malaysia, stroking her hair and kissing her forehead and telling her that's okay for her to move on. The uniqueness of my situation with my mom is the fact that then afterwards, I never really dreamt about her at all. My sister was the one who really connected with my mom because obviously they were together all the time. But there were an instance where I needed the comforting feeling, the comfort of a mom. And there was one time where I got connected with her. And this rolls back to when I was in Malaysia The very last day before I left to come back to the United States, I was sitting in her room. I was sitting on a stool that she bought for me when I was a kid. And I started crying because that was the only time when I started crying after the fact that we had her ceremony and so forth. And when I looked at the armoire, it was one of her blouse that was hanging and it started moving. And I thought I was like, okay, this is great, right? (laughs) I asked my sister to come into the room and I asked, Lang, did you see this? I asked mom if she wants me to take this blouse back to the United States and to move it, right? And it moved. My sister said, oh, okay, well, great. She was sort of like nonchalant about the whole thing. She just said, oh, yeah, take the blouse and I'll keep her sarong that's on the bed. And I said... Interesting. Okay, why do you say that? Well, that's the clothes that mom had when she passed. And I thought all this while that we have packed everything and put it in the coffin. So that was my true amazing experience from that perspective. And not only that, Kat, in understanding the stories you talk about in your story, from that on, after my mom's passing, although she has not appeared in my dreams, But from that moment in time, I have a certain amount of quiet confidence. I'm not necessarily Mm -hmm. afraid of dying before, nor am I looking, run into chaos to to look for an opportunity to die. But it's just a matter of like, there's a certain quiet confidence in me. It's Mm -hmm. just an amazing feeling. So I just want to share that. Yeah. Yeah. You know that once you get to the other side, she's going to be there and that she's watching over you just because sometimes people don't dream about their loved ones when they pass and they'll say to me, mm-hmm. but I'm not dreaming about them. I'm not so, so, so they, are they ignoring me? Are they mad at me? And I'll tell them, no, sometimes they're busy <laughs> on the other side. Maybe they're dealing with another family member who, who's not quite as all together as you are, or it could be just the way that you dream. You don't always remember your dreams, mm-hmm. but I'll, I, mm-hmm. I'm sure that they're there. But another important thing is a lot of people don't understand is after our loved ones pass over, they go back to their prime. 
they go back to their teens, late teens, early 20s, when they were in their prime, and we don't always recognize them. They can be standing right next to us in a dream talking to us, and we don't recognize who they are until they say something that jogs our memory when we remember the dream in our waking world. So it's possible you have seen her in your dreams, just didn't know it was her. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting, though. My sister had shared that with me. She had vivid dreams of my mom, right? And she Mm -hmm. said that, you know how that picture of her young and when her and dad met, Mm -hmm. that's how I picture mom. That's what she told me. So Mm -hmm. now having you telling me that, that's interesting. I will relay that to her because it was kind of interesting. Like we wonder why we're not seeing her as who she is as a mom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's gone back to her prime, which is usually a validation. It means, yeah, you really are seeing her. Because uh-huh. who wants to be seen? She's no longer sick. She's no longer mm-hmm. old. She's no mm-hmm. longer, you know, decrepit. She's in her prime. She's dancing, partying, having a great time. She's reconnected <laughs> with her own parents who are also yeah. in their prime. So imagine if you were to walk into a party in your dream and all the people in the party were all young. And, and vibrant, it would never occur to you that you had your, your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, aunts and uncles and cousins from five generations ago at that party. But chances are they are. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. This is Patricia. Um, I just, uh, just a couple points. I just, mm-hmm. just so fascinating. Um, one, Johnny, I would say you, you did have a significant event of change, and, and whether your mother's passing was a catalyst or a part of it, but it doesn't always have to be where, you know, for me, it shook me up and turned me upside down and, you know, landed me on my head. But, I mean, we it's an event that creates, um, you know, kind of puts us in a new direction or gives us a perspective, right, so that we may not have had before. So it sounds like even with your – and it sounds like you have a story – to share um, the one about your mother and the and the clothing, I think is really, really powerful. Everyone has a story, isn't that? Isn't mm-hmm. that part of the beauty of this? You know, um, everyone has a mm-hmm. sacred story. But the the um, everyone has these events in their lives that that if we're paying attention, right? And I think that that's the part that is is the important part. You know, I think that I was having lots of events, but I w- when you even when you were saying was it gradual or was it a big event earlier in the conversation. Yeah. You know, I think we have lots of events, but you know, sometimes they just don't really catch our attention. We're we're busy doing other things or our focus on is on other things. And so but any time we have these events in our lives, we do have a choice of of how we're going to respond, of what we're going to do with it. And the more emotion an event can elicit, the deeper the emotion that the the uh, event creates, I think that that's when it really gets our attention even more. And then we have, uh, we make the choice then. So like for Kat, you know, and other people in the book shared stories of significant illnesses, life, life-threatening illnesses mm-hmm. that they were battling. Other people, uh, it was addiction, abuse loss of love. Some people found love, like, but there is these things, loss of a parent. One of Kat's stories is about the loss of her mom. Um, there's these, these different events that we have, but they, at the heart of them, they all elicit an emotion that people can relate to, and whether that is sorrow or fear or joy or love or whatever it is, but we connect with that emotion, and then we have our, our attention is caught. 
and then we have a we have an opportunity to say you know what am I going to do with this right and and the stories in this book and I think what's happening around the world is that people are making choices conscious choices to be maybe more fully who they are um, mm-hmm. to do good for others, to be a better person, to share more love, more joy, just enjoy life more. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so, so you do have a story, and I think your story did impact you. And I think, again, that's kind of the beauty that came out of this book was that everyone has a story, and even if it's not the exact event that happened, there's an emotion that they can relate to. Like, Kat can relate to your feeling the loss of your mom. She can understand that. You connect. The experience might be different. The mothers might be different. But in that emotion, um, you guys connect, and, and both of you have had different life experiences because of it. Very, very interesting. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, and Google Play. My guests for this morning are Reverend Patricia Caganello and Kathleen Oki Canavas. Reverend Patricia is the CEO and founder of Secret Stories Media, a conscious online media network. Kat is a multi-award-winning author and dream expert. We are having a conversation about their remarkable life's journey and their insights on the spirituality and psychology of change, explaining why it is not only necessary but good for us from their newly released bestseller, Chaos to Clarity. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Where can someone go to get more information about you two and keep up with your latest happenings? Well, you can go to my website. This is Kat. Um, it's Kathleen. O'Keefe Cannabis, and that's K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-O-K-E-E-F-E-K-A-N is in Nancy, A-V is in Victor, O-S, very similar to Cannabis, but it's Cannabis.com, or you can just uh, Google the Queen of Dreams, and it will take you to my website, and on the website, you will find a whole page on the book. Chaos to Clarity, and it has the interviews of um, Patricia and Dennis Caginello. I'm sorry, Dennis. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I just did that. I just married you, too. Patricia <laughs> and Dennis Patoko. <laughs> um, and he's happily married, so that's not going to happen. Uh, but I've got their videos on there from the radio, uh, from TV interviews that they did on the book because we are promoting all the authors in the book. So you can go to my website and watch those and uh, the other shows that I've done. And um, I would love for you to just play on my website. And also we're, we're going to put up a page because we're going to be collecting stories for our next book. Very interesting. And how about your Reverend Pat? Um, sacredstoriespublishing.com is probably the best site to go to. From there you can see our other sites, um, but you can also see Cast to Clarity. There's links. Um, there's an excerpt people can read. There's links to purchase it around the world. And, and we also have a number of other wonderful books, uh, conscious books, if people are, are interested at sacredstoriespublishing.com. Wonderful. One of the most interesting questions that people always thought about is that there is a division between spirituality and science. What I gather from both of you, this is very, very interesting. Both of you all have all this experience spirituality in your life. But at the same time, 
there's a wonderful marriage of spirituality and science when you talk about the psychology of living and understanding. How did those two breach themselves? I'll let you start on that one, Patricia. <laughs> well, I write, in, I write on the spirituality of change. Really, that is kind of the heart of my work. That is my mm-hmm. kind of the heart of my life now, right? Um, and and change, I describe as kind of the golden nugget. So it's it's similar to what I've been kind of threading through the whole conversation is that, you know, we're, a lot of times we're very busy doing life, and, and we could be living happy lives. You know, we don't have to be in the depths of despair, but we're doing life. And 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 what happened to me and what's happening to a lot of people is a significant event occurs. And and when you're in the, the depth of the emotion, because now you've got your attention, right, you have a choice, and you, in, and you can make a conscious choice. So we do make conscious choices to go a little deeper, be a little kinder, maybe, maybe uh, take that trip we always wanted to take or change careers or, or get married or get to, you know, whatever. We, we make choices to live our lives more fully. Um, and, and in that choice, you have the choice for what I call a spiritual transformation you know when you can you can go a little deeper into who you really are um the consciousness of life the consciousness you hold in all that you do um and so that's why i believe that all of these events even on the on the outside they could seem like they're wrapped in chaos and many of them are but as you move through them as you live through them as you get a deeper understanding and experience of yourself and the value and your purpose here um you know therein is the opportunity for a really beautiful uh spiritual transformation and that's for me the spirituality of change allowing us those choices very interesting how about you kat well i think mine stems from the fact that um you know, dreams, uh, which are in the book. There are a number of dreams. There's Altair's got his dreams, too. Um, and, and Tammy Knox has her dreams that were diagnosing her illness. You know, you have these dreams that are mm-hmm. spiritual in essence, and then you go to the doctors, and the pathology reports, which are science, validate right. the spirituality. And I think that that is a big turning point, not only for our world, but also for the scientific and the medical industry. And it proves that we're more than just water and bones and blood. We are mind, body, spirit. And so there's a real convergence of these ideologies that are happening right now, which is, again, part of the butterfly effect. If we, if we spread mm-hmm. these stories about how our dreams are validated by science, something that hasn't happened yet. I mean, Jung and Freud did a lot of research on sleep, and the dreams mm-hmm. were involved in it, but this is dreams that are actually saving people's lives, which are in this book. And I think that that is, um, you know, showing how the psychology of chaos uh, mm-hmm. is directly tied into our mind, body, spirit. And that's, that's really more what I focus on is the psychology, the psychopathology of change, how important it is and how we're all part of everything in the world. And, you know, uh, the focus has always 
uh, kind of shifted toward, well, science, because you can measure it, you can see it, you can feel it. But some of the stories in this book are proving, you know, you don't worship science, you worship the higher power, the science is a gift. And when the science and the higher power through dreams work together, you've got a result that's bigger than the sum of its individual parts. Very interesting. Ladies, what advice would you give to someone stuck with the past, aware of the present, but mildly enthusiastic about the future? Well, I would tell them to get a copy of Cast to Clarity, Sacred Stories of Transformational Change, um, honestly, and read it because because there's so much inspiration and hope and 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 humor and love and joy and and in this book that I think that it I know that it will help people um be inspired to kind of mm-hmm. live their best life you know and 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 that's what I would I would probably say, you know, yes, of course, I would want you to get a copy of Chaos to Clarity because I think that actually you'll enjoy it and it will help you do that. But I would simply say that, you know, we, speaking from a spiritual perspective as well, you know, we really are here, I believe, as um, divine beings. We are here where there's a purpose, there's a reason we're here. And, And when they say you really only have one life to live, well, in this incarnation, this is it. So I would say... Uh, find your inspiration so you can live your very best life possible. Mm-hmm. How about mm-hmm. you, Kat? Well, I would uh, just build on that and say that, um, you know, the stories in Chaos of Clarity can give you validation on whatever choices you are considering and not sure that, that, that they're the right ones by, by living vicariously through the authors in this book it can give that credence to whatever it is you are considering doing and allowing you the freedom and the confidence to do it, to just do it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think that by connecting with other people who may have gone through something similar to what you're going through or not even, maybe it's just another totally different story, but the ending fits where you would like to be. I think that can make all the difference in the world because by reading what they went through, it suddenly gives you confirmation on what you think you need to do, to do and then you take that, that first big step, which may be just reading the story. Reading that story could be the wind beneath your wings that gives you the validation to flap them and fly. Very interesting. Well, Kat, we talk about change. When is change bad? Change is best when you find that where you are is no longer comfortable. You know, we don't like change. Uh, mm-hmm. So sometimes many of the authors in this book did not embrace their change until they were backed up against the wall and it was do or die time. And if that's what it takes to make, to, to have you make the change, just go for it. Um, know that, that, that you have the confidence to make that change you are you are um uh you are armed with everything that you need to go through that storm and make that change and what when i was interviewing some of the authors on my radio show the other night um mm-hmm. uh dreaming healing what 
jumped out to me, and this was something I, I hadn't even really focused on before, was in order to really make the change, they had to embrace the pain. And in order to embrace the pain, they had to scream and yell and cry and get all of their angst out. Uh, whether it was against another person or against what they were going through. And once they embraced it, they were able to forgive, and then they moved on. Very, very interesting. By the way, we're coming close to the end of the hour. Since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you two ladies like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? Kat, I'll let you you share (laughs) yours first. Okay. Uh, Whatever it is you're cooking up in your life, in your kitchen of life, Add a little spirituality. Add your own personality. Guard your personality. You were born with your personality. You learn behaviors. But your personality came with you into this life. So embrace it. Put it into that pot and cook up a really great life. Very interesting. I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> Sounds I, delicious and I to would me. Just add, yeah, I know. You should you should keep that and use that. Um, I would add, this is Patricia, that that it's okay maybe not to take everything quite so seriously. You know, I think sometimes when we're on these roads and we're experiencing change and, you know, there's, it feels so big, and, and it is in so many ways, but but at the end of the day, especially when it comes to um, our own personal feelings, I'd say, you know, if we could try to lighten up a little bit, you know, not put so, take a little bit of the pressure off of us sometimes, I think that can help a lot. You know, um, um, we can move forward, I think, so much easier with, with looking at things with a little bit more lighthearted approach, not such a serious approach all the time. Mm-hmm. And the cha- remember, change is the spice of life, so you got to have that in the pot anyhow. <laughs> beautiful, ladies, beautiful. Well, Reverend Patricia, Pat, thank you for the great recipes for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me in three weeks, Tuesday morning, January 7, 2020. My guest will be Debbie Anderson. Debbie is an internationally known clairvoyant born in England. She experienced spirit communication from an early childhood. Debbie is one of the leading experts in North America on the use of oracle cards Her four acclaimed, gorgeously illustrated vibrational energy decks for adults and children have sold more than 20,000 decks. Debbie and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her four acclaimed, gorgeously illustrated vibrational decks for adults. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week and happy holidays. Ladies, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again, and have a blessed holiday season. Thank you, Johnny. You too. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.